get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With Alex and Tanner on BK, you've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. We're always happy to be joined by the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. He joins us via the hotline. Kerbs, how you doing today, my man? Brandon, doing well. How are you? Uh, doing very well. So let's talk a little bit about these blues, Kerbs. I want to talk specifically about Jakub Vrana, who looked good once again the other night. He's been productive so far in this preseason, I understand it's just preseason action. You don't want to make too much of that. But he was really good after coming over uh, to the Blues at the end of last year as well. Curbs, when you look at what he can mean for this team on that line with Hayes and Blay, what do you think Verona's ceiling looks like in 2023? Well, I think that if he has a productive season, and to me, I think if you got, I think if you got 20 goals out of Verona, maybe a 40 to 50 point season, and he's playing predominantly in the third line role, and that's where I would see him being if he's on a line with Hayes and, say, Sammy Blay. I think that's an extremely productive season and a very good season for him. Um, and, and look, you know, I, I agree with you that we don't read too much, in, and, and sometimes I read absolutely nothing into preseason. Huh. Although, I do, I do think you can see some trends in the preseason. The, the one trend that you have to like is while there hasn't been a lot of productivity from some guys, he has found a way to be productive. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by that when it comes to Verona heading into the regular season. One trend, Curbs, that I do like so far through preseason games has been the power play. And you talked about it on the the, the previous broadcast of, you know, the, the successful power plays have those one-timer threats. Do you feel that the Blues have those one-timer threats this season? Well, that's where Verona was on uh, the, the, the right side. Uh, Robert Thomas will be on the left if things go right and, and the, the personnel stay that way. Um, I I think you absolutely have to have a one-timer threat. Does it have to be from the top of or from inside both circles? No. Could, could it just be the one? Yeah. Look, I mean, look how successful Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals have been forever. Can it be just a threat from the blue line? Yep. It, it could. It could be that as well. But I just think that in today's game, the scouting is so good, the techniques are so good, the players are so big, the goalies are so athletic that. If you stop to dust off the puck and try to wrist it in, or maybe it's a left-handed shot from the left wing and it's got to come across your body and it changes the angle, can you be successful? Yeah, at times. Can you be a top five power play, top eight power play in the league? I don't think so. I think you've got to have a one-time threat. And I like the fact that, well, number one, you see it. Look, guys, we saw a big difference in just how it looked and how quickly that puck was moved with Tory Krug back in the lineup in Columbus. Uh, but you have to have the one timer, and then if so, if you whether it's a Pareko on the left side, a Thomas on the left side, Verona on the right side, Shen, whoever it may be, they've got to be willing to fire the one timer to make it work. 
Curbs, the fourth line appears to be pretty much set at this point with neighbors Sunquist and Torpchenko. That's what they were using on the ice earlier today. They decided to uh, remove Nick Ritchie from the equation when they released him from his PTO late last week. What do you think about that fourth line with neighbors Sonny and Tor- Torpo? Well, I thought that that is what was the interesting part about the lineup in Columbus is the Blues went into that game with basically your 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 third line, a fourth line, a young line with Dean and Bolduc, and then another fourth line. And I think it was to see how this could go and who, who it could work with. I think they're definitely favoring uh, those three that you mentioned with Torchenko, Sundquist, and Neighbors. But there's a heck of a battle now between, with, with Mackenzie McEachern, with Nathan Walker, with Nikita Alexandrov, and how that all plays out. I don't know how this is going to shake out, Brandon. I, I really don't because I still believe in you know something Larry Plo always talked about, and that's asset management. And right now the only player that the Blues have in that whole grouping that could go down to the minor leagues without having to clear waivers is Jake Neighbors. So how does Doug Armstrong and company view their depth at that spot and at that level? That's going to determine whether or not they put two of those other three guys on waivers, one, and send Jake down. I don't know how that's all going to shake out, but I think it's going to come down to more philosophically where they think this team is and then how much experience they can get. I know Craig Berube would like to see Jake Neighbors stick. I think Jake obviously would. The organization would. But we'll see how asset management, if it plays a role in it, does play a role in it. And, and if they end up going that route, Curbs, I, I, like, let's assume that Jake Neighbors is here. I would think Nikita Alexandrov would have the the clearest path to the roster as that 13th forward because of his ability as a center, right? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair thought process there. Uh, Nathan Walker can also play center. I think of those three guys, to me, Nathan Walker is the one that is more willing to engage in whatever is necessary. He kind of a little bit of that bulldog that'll bite you on the ankle, you know, a, a little bit if he needs to. Um, I, I think out of those three, I, I could, you know, I don't know, would Mackenzie McEachern clear waivers with a two-year contract that he's, you know, under? I could see that happening. And that, that's the challenge, Brandon, is, is positionally one, physicality two, and then what are they looking for? Because, and, and I'm going to take this one step further real quick with, with strategy, but this is critical to that fourth-line philosophy. The St. Louis Blues, when they're at their game, they hold on to the puck, and what you're desperately missing and it's so clearly missing with the likes of David Perron now having been gone for over a year and then the loss of Ryan O'Reilly, is those guys might get rubbed off the puck in the offensive zone, but they did an amazing job of going back in to get it. And a lot of times last year, and so far a lot in the preseason, we seem to see a lot of one and done, where you go in and you know a guy gets bumped off the puck and the other team's breaking it out, and you're not getting it back and, and really forcing a turnover and getting that zone time in there. So whichever one of those guys, four, uh, whichever two of those four guys, for example, are best at that part of the game, I've got to think has a better chance to stay because that, that, the one and done in the offensive zone, especially from a fourth-line standpoint, just isn't going to be good enough to win these days in the NHL. 
let's flip the script on that thing, Curbs, and go to a different position group, the defensemen, because earlier today uh, Luke Horak tweeted out at practice that Callie Rosen was on a group of guys that weren't that opening night look of potential roster. If the decision comes down to that defenseman that they're going to carry, whether it's Callie Rosen or, or Tyler Tucker, does that come down to roles in terms of Tyler Tucker is that physical penalty kill presence, whereas Callie Rosen is more of the offensive-minded defenseman? Uh, see, to me, Alex, that one comes down simply to Tyler Tucker brings some physicality. I thought he had his best physical game, and I thought he responded really well after it was one of his turnovers that cost a goal in the Columbus game. Yeah, it, th- Those are two very different defensemen on that, and I think the Blues are going to need that extra bite, especially in that bottom pairing. The defensive questions, much like the one that we were talking about, in my opinion, could come down to the fact of, okay, I, I think it's uh, who are your extra defensemen based on these three guys, Perunovic, Bortuzzo, and Rosen. And then, because I don't know where they view, and I haven't, in all honesty, I haven't talked to the management about where they see Matt Kessel yet. Okay, but you know that you need eight or nine NHL-ready defensemen. All right, but all three of those guys would have to clear waivers, you know, to go down, including Perunovic, because of his time that he spent up on the taxi squad. So, looking at that, guys, I I see one of those three guys getting put on waivers at some point because even if you now this is assuming complete health, right? Like we're assuming no injuries change this. If completely healthy, and and you go with two defensemen and you're going with one forward. That's going to dictate who has to clear waivers and not. And are you willing to probably protect your defensive depth more than your forward depth on the fourth line? I think that's a healthier way organizationally to go, but we'll have to wait and see how the team plays it and how this situation. And, and a lot of times, as you guys know, we can speculate and have fun and, and, and prognosticate, but these things sometimes tend to sort themselves out through injury and other situations. If I said I'll take Tyler Tucker and Scott Perunovich along with Nikita Alexandrov as my side of who makes those final three spots on the roster, and I said, Curbs, you get any other combination, which side do you think is more likely? Uh, what do you mean more likely? I, I Listen, I, I don't uh, – yeah, because I, I, I think Nikita Alexandrov – and then, guys, this is just my opinion. This is not me putting sure. words in anybody's mouth or haven't talked to anybody, all right? I want to make that very clear. I think Nikita Alexandrov has got the biggest chance of being claimed to those three guys if you had to put them on waivers, right? So I think that's important, and I think there's a role that he, he can still grow into in this league. But keep in mind, he's a USA at the end of the year. And then, you know, the defensive one, man, I could see all three guys getting picked. Uh, so it just, that one's just, I have no idea how to handicap that other than saying it just, you know, if, if you think that you're going to be healthy with Tory Krug, you know, I, I think Callie Rosen is like a Swiss army knife back there, but I, but because you've got the, the youth of Perunovic and stuff like that versus Callie at 29, you know, I think they're still trying to figure out what they have there. Either way, either way, there's going to be a veteran or two 
that are going to find themselves on waivers, and that's just simply math and a numbers game, whether it be fair, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know? It also speaks to the depth that they've been able to build up going into the offseason is that other teams might be, pick up a guy that, for you, would be your 24th or 25th player on your roster, and that, that's a good position to be in, all things considered. Hey, Curbs, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. When we talk to you next week, we're talking about real games that, that start to matter uh, for the St. Louis Blues. So looking forward to that, man. Yeah, looking forward to that chat from Dallas, guys, when we're down there. That'll be fantastic. We'll talk to you next week.